Josh. I'll be reading the sermon text today. We'll be in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 8 through 20. After I read the text, Pastor Josh will come up to deliver the sermon. Maybe a little different than what you're used to. Um, he'll be doing a he'll be preaching a first-person narrative, which basically means he'll be acting out one of the characters in the story. So today we will hear the Christmas story from the viewpoint of the shepherds. If everybody would turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2, beginning of verse 8. We're reading from the English Standard Version. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known and saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. I have such wonderful good news for you. I mean, this is the most amazing news, probably the best news that I have ever heard. So last week, oh, sorry, I'm excited about this good news. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me introduce myself. My name is Joshua. I'm a shepherd, and I live just in the outskirts of Bethlehem, just a small town uh, in Judea. And I don't want to brag or nothing, but a few of my sheep have been chosen to be sacrifices up at the temple. And uh, I got one this year. I I think he's going to make it to the big show, all right? But enough about me. Back to this wonderful news, this glorious news. So as I was saying, last week, me and the boys were out in the field, you know, doing what we always do, watching the sheep making sure that no lions and tigers and bears came and, and got our sheep. And, and so, pretty typical night. Now, we had just gotten done chasing off a robber, and we were just kind of settling in for the long night. When all of a sudden, the sky just, it just lit up. It was brighter than the noonday sun. And an angel of the Lord appeared with the glory of the Lord shining around her. Now, this glory, this, this shining, is the same Shekinah glory that you read about in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, when Solomon was dedicating the temple, right? 
Fire came down from heaven and it consumed all the animal sacrifices. And then it went into the temple and it filled the temple with smoke and this bright light. And this bright light meant something to the nation of Israel. This was the symbol that God himself was dwelling among his people right there in the temple. Now, we were quite frightened because a priest went into the Holy of Holies where this glory of the Lord was, and they weren't right with God. They were dead, just fell over dead. So we were scared because we knew that we probably weren't right with God. But the angel quickly, quickly took away our fears because she said, greetings, I have good news for you. Good news. Not death. We didn't die. Good news. Now, I'm still amazed by this glory. The glory left the temple back uh, during the exile, right? When, When Jerusalem was captured, this glory had left. Us Israelites, we all long to see it. I mean, we learned about it in Sabbath school. The rabbi talked often of this, this glory and God dwelling among us. So, so we knew that this good news meant something special because God's glory had returned to dwell among his people. And the message she delivered is, a child is born in the city of David. A Savior, Christ the Lord. Now these three terms that she used to describe him, this new baby, they, they're very similar in their meanings, but yet they reveal so much about this special child that was born. A Savior, that is someone who is a deliverer, a rescuer, Right? And if we look back in the Old Testament, we see lots of little pictures and examples of these deliverers, these rescuers, these mini saviors, right? The judges are wonderful examples of this, right? We have the nation of Israel. Somebody bad would come in, be treating Israel bad. They would cry out to God, their Savior, and God would raise up a judge to deliver them, to set them free from that oppression. And the greatest example of this is God himself. I mean, the most important hit story in the history of Israel is God delivering his people out of Egypt and taking them to the promised land. God was the Savior who rescued us from oppression, from slavery, from being mistreated for all those years. It was God himself who rescued us. So I have no doubt that this child is coming to be that Savior, to rescue us again. Now, the other shepherds, they just thought that, you know, this is wonderful. This this baby is going to deliver us from the Roman oppression, from the Romans who have been taxing us so heavily, just treating us like we're inferior and stupid and smelly. But I know that this child is way more than that. This child is the Savior who is going to 
is the Savior that is promised all the way back in Genesis 3. When God told Eve that this, your seed will crush the head of the serpent. Do you know what that means? That means that this child is the Savior who will defeat Satan. He will set us free from sin and all of the bad stuff that has happened as a result of that sin. This child will rescue us from the power of sin, from evil, from sickness, from disease, from all the pain, from all the hurt that has taken place ever since sin entered the world. All you have to do is believe in this child. That he is the Savior who will deliver us from our sins. So if you are struggling with addiction, if you are struggling with guilt and you're just not sure that God will accept you for all the bad stuff you have done, or if you are unsure of what's going to happen to you when you die, have joy. For this salvation is here. This Savior will set you free from the bondage of sin. He will set you free from addiction. He will set you free from that guilt. He will set you free so that you can go to be to heaven with God forever. This is that child. And not only is this child a Savior, but he is the Christ. Which is another word for Messiah. Which means anointed one. And as we look back through the history of Israel again, we see all of these prototypes, all of these inferior anointed ones, right? There was priests, prophets, and kings. They were all anointed for service in God's kingdom. This was the sign that, that God put there, his stamp of approval on them to serve. And just like these these prototypes, here has come the par excellence, the most perfect prophet, priest, and king. This is the Messiah. This is the one that the whole Old Testament points to and longs for. It's all been 400 years since we've had a prophet, but we have not stopped wanting this Messiah to come and deliver us. This is the chosen one who will not only save us and rescue us from sin, but he's going to bring shalom with him. And shalom is peace. But this is not merely the peace that comes with the absence of war. This, this is the peace of really being the way it's supposed to be. Way back in the Garden of Eden, before sin had entered, God looked at everything and he said, this is very good. This is the way that God had designed us and all creation to be. It's perfect. There's no sickness, no disease, no pain, no death. This, this is what the Messiah has come to restore. This is the, the wonderful peace that we will have for eternity, that only this child can bring because he is the chosen one. But he's not only the Savior and the renewer of all things, but he's the Lord. 
Meaning he is the king. He is the supreme ruler of this earth. I mean, David was a pretty good king, but he had his faults. And this king who is coming in the line of David is going to be the most excellent king. He's going to rule with perfect justice. He is going to provide wonderfully for his people. He is going to protect his people. He is going to establish shalom, the perfect kingdom. But it also means he's going to rule. And with that, justice means he's going to have to dole out judgment for bad, for for sin. So we have a choice. We can either bow our knees in obedience to this Lord, this ruler, or we can say, nah, forget that, and do life our own way. But if we, if we choose that, then we are choosing the wrath of God. We are choosing to take the cons- full consequences of our sin, which is death and separation from a holy God. So it's simple, just, just bow your knee in complete submission to this Lord, to this Savior, to this Messiah. If he tells you to sell everything and move into the hood and tell people about Jesus, do it. If he tells you to go over to Africa where you may never see your family again, do it. If he's telling you, you need to quit working so much, because your family is longing for you to spend time and for you to be their teacher and their spiritual leader. You need to do it. Whatever this king asks you to do, just do it. Because he is bringing this wonderful new heavens, this new creation, this paradise where we can dwell with God forever. We just truly choose to surrender our life to him, to believe that he is the savior of the world in everything that we do. And I know that this child is all three of these things because just as the angel said, you will go to this town and you will find this child be wrapped in cloth and laying in a manger. It's not normal. You don't usually find babies in feed troughs. But it was just as the angel has said. We went into the town and there was this child, this glorious child. And everybody that was around this child was just so full of joy. And when we told them the good news of what the angel had told us, they were rejoicing and we all worshipped this child. Because he is the savior of our souls. He is our redeemer. He is our rescuer. He is the chosen one to rule us. And we told everybody we met that night. And in fact, I haven't shut up about telling everybody about this child. So as you go through this week, tell everybody you know about this child and how wonderful this child is.
I mean, tell your neighbor, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworker, tell your enemy, tell the kid that smells bad in your class. Tell them about this child. They don't have to be lost in their sin. And if they don't know what sin is, explain to them that sin is breaking God's rules. And that the consequences of that is separation from God and death. But tell them there's hope. You can have joy that the salvation of the Lord is here. That this child brings this salvation. Tell them. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This child is more powerful than them. This child is the one that we need to please. This child is the one that we need to obey. Not men. So go. I'm sending you, we're done with church. Go out and tell everybody you know the joy that comes with salvation through this child. You are sent.